Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome. Hey, I'm Jason Inman, and you're listening to Geek Vibes. It's geeky, and it's vibey. It's awesome. Good timing. Uh, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> that was hilarious. Um, welcome, Geek Vibes Nation. We'll try that again. Welcome, Geek Vibes Nation, to a, another episode of Geek Vibes Live, episode 356,000. I do not think that is right. Uh, do not hold me to that. Um <laughs> We have a lot to discuss, so let's not waste time. Let me introduce our panel. Uh, we'll start off with Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up, guys? How y'all doing? The world is doing great. Um, what's going on, Dane? Nothing much, man. Um, you know, we've been doing this so long with the intro, followed by a drop from someone. You know, I just didn't think that <laughs> someone would go with a different type of opening, but, you know, uh, <laughs> started, well, he didn't start talking. I pressed the button. And then you started talking, and I was like, what the hell's going on? And then he started talking, and I was like, oh, okay, never mind. But either way, <laughs> we're cool as shit, so there you go. Absolutely. You guys can see we're a year in, and we're still having fun with it. Um, so uh, um, what's going on, Joel? What's up? I'm ready to get sweaty. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the kind of show we're, we're, we're ready to have, to where we're going to get sweaty. And last but not least, the silent assassin himself. What's going on, Cannon? I'm doing good. Hope everybody's doing good. We got we're in the seventh inning stretch, guys. We are almost into November, and we have two huge movies coming out. So we are almost there. Now, a little fun fact about Cannon and what he just said. He said two movies, but we all know Cannon only is I'm one. <laughs> um, but let's get into the show. Um, uh, let's start with trailer talk. We had some really, really, really fun trailers dropped this past week. Um, we're going to knock these off one by one. We're going to start with the one that is still um, grabbing headlines across the world because, uh, as I believe Ryan Johnson did say in a tweet, do not watch this trailer if you don't want to somewhat be spoiled. Um, I thought he was joking when he said that, and then I saw the trailer, and I was like, Oh yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't want to see that trailer, but I loved it anyway. Um, so we're gonna start with our resident Star Wars not only owner, uh, <laughs> but number one fan, Nick. Nick, what were your thoughts on the Last Jedi uh, trailer? It was brilliant. It was like everything I wanted in a trailer. And as far as like the the spoilery stuff, I could see like it, you know because there's some dots that you can connect, but like for me. I think it was a lot of subterfuge. Like, I think they, the way that they cleverly edited the trailer 
um, is made so that you think you're making connections that aren't really going to be made. Um, that's just that's just my best guess. Um, but I loved it. I mean, the the way that everything kind of uh, coalesced that they put put that trailer together with um, was just perfect. Um, it it made my hype level go up even more, as if that were even possible. Um, and I man, I can't wait to see this movie. I completely agree with you. Um, very rarely do trailers give me goosebumps, um, but I think all three of these trailers we're going to talk about gave me goosebumps, but Star Wars most definitely, because there was a lot of question mark scenes that popped up in this trailer where you were just like, wait, what? Wait, what? Mm-hmm. Wait, what? Um, you know, uh, you know, one of them being looked like Kylo might kill Leia, looked like Rey might mm-hmm. go with Kylo, looked like... Um, Shit, what's his name? Uh, Supreme Snoke nope. was like taking the soul out Supreme of Ray. Luke was terrified of Ray becoming Kylo. Like there were just so many angles of, of beauty that came from that trailer. Um, Joel, what were your thoughts of the Last Jedi trailer? I thought it was very satisfying. I, thought, I guess that's the best way to put it for me. Uh, I didn't know what to expect from it, and I, I, let, I honestly, after watching the trailer, I, don't, I think I have more questions than I do answers, and that's fine with me because I know, like you guys are just saying, like they cut that trailer. To, to make you think one way, or at least uh, feed onto your suspicions. Because so there's always, I mean, a lot of people have been speculating that maybe Ray goes dark, and uh, obviously Kylo probably might kill his mother and stuff like that. And they, that's exactly what they tease. And it doesn't mean that's exactly what's going to happen, but obviously that's the way the trailer played it off. And so I like that, that they played on uh, uh, people's suspicions just to hype it up even more. And I thought it was just a very satisfying trailer. Um, it didn't give me too much. It also gave me just, it just gave me just enough. So I was happy with it personally. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, we, we talk all the time about this. We did think a lot of those scenes in the trailer might've been spliced together to make it seem like um, certain things were going to happen. You know, we don't know that for a fact, but I I don't think they would have spoiled it as much as it looked like some of those scenes were spoilers. Um, I think they just, uh, you know, splice some of this stuff together to make it seem like that. I think they're smart about how they're going to go about doing trailers for Star Wars and stuff like that. I mean, they spent an entire year and a half hiding everything from us. So I doubt they're going to spoil everything in the trailer. Um, Kanan, what were your thoughts on the last Jedi trailer? Yeah, I thought it was great. Uh, I thought it had a lot of... uh suspense and a lot of uh, scenes, like you said, that were, you know, I think purposely cut to make you uh, think one way or another. Uh, I kind of hope some of those scenes play out like that, just because I want to, I kind of want to see how far Star Wars is really going to go with some of their storylines, because they really going to, you know, maybe stretch the limits with, you know, how dark uh, the film can go. Um, You know, we, we thought we were going to see – I mean, I just want this movie uh, to separate itself from Empire Strikes Back because, you know, a lot of people said The Force Awakens was so much like A New Hope. Um, but I thought it was great. I loved my, – my favorite part of the of the trailer was um, seeing Captain Phasma and um, Finn uh, go at it. I, I, I wanted to see Captain Phasma in a more expanded role. 
Uh, I didn't want to see uh, her wasted, you know, uh, become the Boba Fett of the series. So yeah, I, I thought it, uh, I thought it was uh, great, and with it being so close to the release of the, you know, the film in December, I really think they could stop with this trailer and maybe do a couple of TV spots, and that be it. I really don't think we need to see any more, uh, because then you kind of will probably get into um, some spoiler territory. Yeah, I agree. Um, it can kind of take the same route uh, Justice League is doing, where it's, even though Justice League, I think, needs to stop putting out a TV, a new TV spot every week, um, maybe <laughs> die down with that a little bit. Um, but, yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And uh, one of the words you used to describe this trailer um, definitely stuck out, suspenseful. I was on the edge of my seat for all a minute and some change that this, this trailer was. It was highly suspenseful. Um, everything you'd want this possibly last trailer to be. Dane, what were your thoughts on the last Jedi trailer? I think you guys are all crazy. I think this trailer looked garbage. Um, I think it (laughs) looks awful. I'm not looking forward to this movie anymore. Um, I just don't know what exactly they're trying to go for anymore with Lucas. Um, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. I was about to say I was going to do a Dane rant about this, but I'm just playing with you guys. I thought the trailer was incredible. Um, really makes me look forward to what's coming. I like that, you know, all of us can feel like we're in the know, but we really still have no idea what they're going for with this movie. And I also want to say that for a lot of people watching the trailer, and I mean, you guys kind of elaborated on a little bit, but just realize those certain shots that you're seeing, you know, whether it be um, between um, Princess Leia and her son, um, Kylo Ren, we might, those might be from two different parts in the movie. Yeah, they kind of line up perfectly well within the trailer, but that's how they do trailers to throw you off. So I'm not going to say that that necessarily is going to happen, but just realize that the movie could be completely different. Trailers mislead you all the time. So just keep that in mind for some of those shots. But regardless, I think that Ray's going to go evil. I'm sorry. I think that she's going to get some, some darkness in her and, um, that, that's cool with me. Let's see how it happens. There was a um, someone that posted with all the backgrounds of each movie, how the villain's always in the back, and it seemed like Luke is the main uh, person in the back for this uh, poster. I don't know how much I believe in all that, but if they do stuff and it's not just going for trying to be different, uh, you know, wait – going out of the way I mean to be different, and it just, it, it's just a good progression of the story, kudos to them. Um, I'm very much looking uh, forward to seeing where this movie goes and where it goes back to the third one to end the trilogy. Yeah, no, I completely agree, and that was very important that you elaborated on that because, I mean, we all, like I said, we're talking about that. All those scenes aren't necessary. We don't think are necessarily um, connected uh, per se. I will ask this one question to the panel before I, I pass it on. I'll start with you, Joel. Um, after whatever the next uh, Star Wars movie is to complete this current trilogy, would you like to see a different storyline for the next saga, or would you like to see, you know, from whatever the fallout is of this, uh, the next Star Wars movie that ends it, would you like to see the fallout from all that, or would you like to see a new saga going forward? Um, before I answer that, you're starting to sound like a robot. You might want to change your position. <laughs> just, throwing, just throwing it out there. Um, I did, hey, do I, I did sound get better? Most of it. Yeah, much better. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Um, I just, 
so we're just saying so after episode um, nine, right? Is what you're basically saying. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of the the episodic films staying within the same lineage, like Scott, make it, it's still a Skywalker story in that in that regard. Um, because that, I guess that's why I feel like we have the the spinoff for that to do something separate. But I mean, if they change it and they go in a different uh, different way. I guess that's fine, but for me, for it to make sense from one to whatever number they go to, I think it should stay connected in some capacity. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I understand exactly what you mean. Uh, Nick, same question. I think you get where I'm trying to, to, to go with this. I need a Knights of the Old Republic. I'm just looking for <laughs> any chance to get that in there. Um, but what are your thoughts? Would you like a new saga or, you know, them to continue on with Ray and Finn and Poe and Chewie or whoever? I'm- yeah, I want to take uh, take a little break from them. Like, I mean, like, let's give it 10 years or so, and then we can do 10, 11, and 12. Like, I don't think you necessarily have to do them, um, like, just, just keep going with them. Um, I mean, obviously, Rogue One was wildly successful. Um, so, I mean, they've kind of already proven that they can make a ton of money without it being an episodic movie. Um, so, I mean, I... I, I I'm all with you. And Knights of the Old Republic, I mean, you and me have been like the champions of that forever. So, like, yeah, do it. Make it a trilogy and make it awesome. And, I mean, that would just be super, super cool. Um, so that's that's kind of what I would like to see. I, I did just have an interesting thought just kind of off the top of my head. Um, if if Ray and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll call him Ben um, are indeed not related um, by any sort of um, blood ties. Um, it'd be kind of interesting if they end up meeting in the middle and then they start a new lineage, um, like start a family. Uh, I, I think that could be really interesting and it would still keep it in the realm of, uh, you know, a Skywalker story. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but, yeah, we have been leading the charge for Knights of the Old Republic. Um, we desperately want that. Uh, Kanan, same question. Yeah, I, I don't think you have to discontinue uh, the saga at all. Like, you know, like Nick said, they were successful with Rogue One. Uh, they got the Han Solo movie coming out. They got the Obi-Wan movie coming out. I think I think Disney uh, Star Wars division is going to be much like Marvel, and I think they're going to try to pump out one or two movies a year or, uh, you know, have one every other year. They're going to have probably episode 10 uh in the um you know in the uh even or the odd years and then the even years they'll have like a, a spinoff and then on those years they can have uh knights of the old republic so i mean as long as they're making money and they're huge i don't see them taking a break and you know you gotta i think you can have uh you know episode nine be the end of the the scout you know the Luke and you know we know Leia's not going to be in it but you know get, you know get away from Chewie and three PO and R two D two and then you just have a Finn Ray Poe and and whoever else I mean uh, if Kylo you know makes it through nine which I I don't see that happening but uh, yeah I mean I don't I don't see them taking a backseat you know to this right now uh, you know John Boyega and uh, Daisy Ridley are young and you know as long as they're as long as they want to be part of the franchise, I say keep going. Yeah, I, I completely see your point. I, I think the main thing I'm focusing in on, and that's why Nick's point of waiting um, as long as he was saying works for me, is um, Daisy Ridley, um, 
can't remember his name, the guy who plays Finn, they're all starting to, to make a name for themselves off of these Star Wars films. So if they're continuously pumping this out, we're kind of just going to get in our heads. They're just Star Wars characters. And I'd like to see them take a break from that, do a whole bunch of different other stuff, and then revisit it in maybe five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years um, after we've had two other sagas. And then, you know, it'll be more impactful to see that then kind of where are they now kind of film when they bring it back. The stakes are even are even bigger, stuff like that. It's less family-oriented, uh, and it's more war-based or whatever, uh, more political, wherever way they want to go with it. I think that that's space in there. And, Nick, I'm also going to throw in, on top of Knights of the Old Republic, I know it's no longer canon, but I'm still holding on to it. I want the, for, uh, the Force Unleashed. I want Starkiller. I want a, I want a Starkiller film or show something. I just love Starkiller. Um, Dane, same question to you. What are your thoughts? Well, shoot, since Kanan's not going to use it, I'm just going to ask you, were you trying to do your best, like, Darth Vader impression just, just a little while ago? Was that was <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, I'm just kidding, man. Uh, well, um, honestly, I would take a combination of what you guys are saying and, and apply that. I wouldn't have them go, like I would do Saga films and then films off to the side by themselves, uh, you know, every other basically, like they're doing it right now. Uh, but once this trilogy is done, I would actually take a, a break with the Skywalkers. I wouldn't mind a trilogy, um, you know, to go back uh, into the, into the um, oh man I can't now I can't remember the name of it but the the, the prequels if you will that you guys were just talking about um, nice video the republic there you go sir all right but yeah but doing that doing a trilogy with that still doing your side movies and then eventually the next one coming right back to them because yeah these guys are gonna be you know Boyega and and, and Ridley are gonna be pretty busy and tied down and I'm not saying they wouldn't make room for Star Wars movies but. I think that it would mean a lot more if you take a little bit of a break because here's the thing in the first place. We wanted this trilogy that was connected after the original trilogy, if you will, first and foremost, years ago. You know, this was supposed to be where the prequels ended up being. So I wouldn't mind taking a break with the story of them, going somewhere else, exploring it, doing a trilogy there. You know, something that has to do with the history and the canon of Star Wars itself, the main you know, lineage, and then doing the side stories in between and then going back to that at one point. Yeah, I completely agree. Main reason why I think Knights of the Old Republic just really, really, really works well as the next saga if they wanted to take a break. A lot of people who aren't that knowledgeable about Star Wars or even maybe the older movies or whatever, they just want to see a lot of lightsaber battles. And Nick, we know Knights of the Old Republic as a lot. (laughs) of lightsaber battles. So picture just the visuals, the visuals alone that would put butts in the seats, um, even if they're not familiar with it. They just want to see a lot of lightsaber battles. I know one of the things I heard a lot after Force Awakens was not enough lightsaber battles. And I had to tell someone, like, that's not all Star Wars is. (laughs) Like, it's not just a bunch of people running around with lightsabers. There's there's pilots. There's there's AT-ATs that looked amazing in the Last Jedi trailer. There's more to it than just the, the lightsaber battles. But, you know, the idea of that would, would definitely excite a lot of people just seeing the visuals when that trailer popped up. Um, and, and, and an opportunity to possibly see Malgus on the big screen would be amazing. Actually, that's a fan cast amazing. I'm going to work on. Um, but to our next, our next trailer, um, wow. 
I'll say this. That New Mutants trailer completely caught me off guard. When the director said that it was going to be a horror kind of feel, I thought he meant, like, there's going to be aspects of when they use their powers that's going to be kind of scary, kind of, you know, kind of spooky, you know, a lot darker than your typical X-Men film. No, he meant, like, picture your typical horror film. That's this, just with mutants. Um, I love that we actually didn't necessarily see any of their powers. Um, it just, honestly, if you had no idea what new mutants were, um, like myself, so Joel kind of helped me out a little bit on that, um, I would have thought this was just a straight-up horror film. It looked amazing. Um, I'm really hyped for it, not knowing that much about the new mutants. I'm even more excited about it, and I love how colorful this cast is um, and how well-talented uh you know, th- this cast looks also. So, Joel, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on the New Mutants trailer? I was caught off guard because I didn't know what to expect from it. So when I actually got to sit down and watch it, um, I was completely taken aback because I was like, I've never seen this, like, from a uh, a comic book movie. Like, it looks like a legit, like, horror movie, like, from, like, a Blumhouse. <laughs> like, that's how it looks. That's how they present it because you never see them. The only way that you know it's like connected to any type of Marvel or X Men in general is that the fact that they mention mutants. If it wasn't for that, and if you don't know anything about New Mutants, it's basically a, oh, it's just another horror movie because that's the way they made it look. And like you said, there are no powers. They don't really show you anybody's powers. It's just they just keep showing you that the the horror aspect of it. And it looks like we are going to get at least that's what they're alluding to. We're going to get the Demon Bear, something I've never thought in my entire life I'd ever actually get to see. The Demon Bear. Um, they're going to actually put that on screen, which is insane. And I can't wait for the next trailer so they can show off a little bit more of, like, what their powers are, or if, if they want to. I mean, they don't, obviously they don't have to. But obviously, if it's, if it's an X-related movie, you've got to show a little bit more than what they showed uh, in this trailer. But this trailer at least showed you the tone. It gave you a tone, and it gave you new meetings at the end. And, I'm like, it, it's, and I think the best part about it is that it just feels absolutely different from anything else out there, uh, comic book-related, in terms of... Uh, uh, like the big guns, like Marvel, DC. I've never seen anything like that from a Marvel, DC movie. So I'm impressed. I'm impressed with it. I like what I saw so far, and I can't wait to see what else they got to show me. Absolutely. And uh, to a lot of people who are saying because it's Fox, they, you know, they're not 100% about how they fit. Enough of that already. Uh, we have to start respecting Fox. I mean, they've only been giving us some of the best superhero movies that we've had in a while. Uh, with Logan, with Deadpool. Um, we kind of skip Apocalypse, um, but Days of Future Past wasn't bad at all. Um, so it's not like they've Legion just been pooping out Legion on television. Uh, I'm actually a fan of uh, the, the one that's on Fox now. I can't remember the name. The Gifted. Uh, Great. Yes, The Gifted. Um, so, you know, people have really to kind of get over that, man. They have to get over just wanting to attach failure to anything Fox gives us especially after Logan and Deadpool. So I'm completely giving them all my faith. Um, I'd even say this might be a a box office hit, depending on how they kind of market this. I have to see how the marketing is for this, because that does does help a lot for uh, the the success of of a movie. So I have to see how they do their marketing around it. But I'm really pumped for this movie. Joel, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't one of the characters mainly the one who came from Game of Thrones, the girl, doesn't she become like a wolf or something like that? Yeah. 
She's like a, a werewolf okay. type. She can go from like all yeah. wolf or to like half man, half wolf type of thing. Yeah. Okay. Wolf's man. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 wolf bait. There we go. I was trying to remember the name. Um, Nick, what were your thoughts of the New Mutants trailer? Um, I thought it was interesting. Um, I like. I'm not a big fan of that style of horror movie. Like, it's not. Um, and, and of course, like I'm, I know I'm generalizing here because I'm judging the style of a film from the trailer. Um, but just that, you know, that kind of uh, popcorn horror film. Um, like I like my horror films more like The Witch or The Shining, where they're like these these just really really weird, um, almost like just psych- psychological breakdowns and things like that. Um, so I, I'm, I'm mixed. I, I think I. I and and here's the, the like the key test. Um, I don't think I would be interested in this at all if it wasn't connected to the uh, X Men characters. Like I think like I really don't think like if I if this was just had nothing to do with it and I just saw this trailer and and I, I didn't know any connection or whatever, I would just be like eh, eh whatever. Um, but I am intrigued by it for for this reason alone. And like you just mentioned, what. Fox has decided will be their route um, going forward. And uh, so with Deadpool, um, you know, they took that risk and then that led to Logan, which is leading to this. Um, and I think it will be wildly successful because people love horror movies and they love like popcorn horror movies. And if you put, uh, if you, you know, splash a little bit of, uh, you know, comic book heroes in there, um, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna make a ton of money on a super low budget, um, sort of like Deadpool. Um, I think. I think they got another hit up their sleeve. I just hope that, like, when I sit down and watch it, I get something like "Don't Breathe." You know, like that's that's where my mind is at. Like, because um, that you know that wasn't necessarily my kind of horror movie, but it was just such a dang good movie. Like, I enjoyed it. You know. Um, so even though it wasn't necessarily up my alley, I still had to be like props. Like that was good. Like I very much enjoyed that. Um, so that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And I, I'm glad that Joel brought up Legion because I think that I, I, I don't know, but I almost wonder because, you know, Legion has a lot of horror, um, aspects to it with the shadow King and all that kind of stuff. Um, which that is more my kind of horror, the, 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 the parts that they intersperse in Legion. But I kind of almost wonder if, like, they were like, man, this is really good. Like, what if we just did a horror movie with X-Men? And you know, and I, I kind of wonder, I, I would like to know the backstory of all that, how all that came together. Because um, I bet it would be, I bet it would be pretty interesting um, to, you know, piece all that together and, and how, you know, one thing affected the other going back to Deadpool. Um, but yeah, so I'm I'm mildly optimistic, um, and I, I hope it's I hope it's good. No, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think what intrigued me the most is uh, a lot of these superhero films are gonna start taking more risks. Um, mm-hmm. Not only do majority of the people have no idea who the New Mutants are, but when you uh, give us a trailer that does not show anything uh, superpower-related. And like Joel said, if not for the mention of mutants, wouldn't even have known, a casual person wouldn't even have known this is a superhero property. Um, so the way that they're going about it uh, looks to be as if they're, they're marketing it like a scary movie. And then the closer they get to it, it'll be more so we'll see powers. We might even see someone transform or use some of their powers or, or you know, 
some, you know, along the lines of that. I'm really interested in the, the lady that replaced Rosario Dawson um, for that role. Uh, I, I just keep thinking how Rosario Dawson would have gone about doing that role and maybe why she turned it down. But, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this. And, like I said, I want to see how they market it, um, you know, because that will be something very important to look, look, uh, to look for around the time this movie comes out. But, Kanan, what were your thoughts on the New Mutants trailer? Honestly, I was amazed at how great it was. Uh, I, 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 you know, a lot of times you hear people throw around, um, you know, oh, it's going to be like a horror movie, and then you see the trailer and you're like, um, okay, I guess. You know, it's like they, they throw around, you know, words to describe stuff all the time that don't really fit. But this was, you know, straight up. It was very uh, – uh, it was very different, so I got to I got to give uh, a round of applause to Fox for really pushing the boundaries, taking risks uh, with their comic book movies, and I, I thought that the uh, cover version of Another Brick in the Wall fit perfectly. Uh, I do I do want to say that people that complain about them using covers of rock songs and it's like one trailer comes out and they're like, Oh, I love that. And then another trailer comes out and they're like, I wish they'd quit doing it. And then another trailer comes out and they say, Oh, I loved it. I mean, people it's here. It's going to be here. If you notice like the last maybe four or five trailers that have come out for a comic book movie have all had rock songs converted in some sort. So I thought this fit perfectly. Uh, I think the cast is great. Uh, I also, um, you know, just really, lo- I mean, like Joel said, if you didn't, if they did not say Marvel or New Mutants, you would not know that this was a comic book, uh, you know, movie. You'd be like, holy crap, this is like a really weird supernatural type uh, horror film. And uh, I think it's going to be fun. I know that term gets thrown around a lot as well. Um, but I love where they're going with this. People need to realize that comic books are not all rainbows and sunshine. They are very dark graphic novels. So don't be surprised if you start to see more dark films and don't go out and say, oh, it needs to be brightened up or it needs to be fun. I can go to a horror film and have a great time. I saw it. It was fun. It was fabulous. So, you know, I want more risks. I want, you know, if it's a dark film, it needs to be dark. Don't try to throw in color. And that's another thing I want to say real quick is this film needs to stay with the tone of that trailer. Suicide Squad had a very dark tone in its first trailer, and I think if they'd have stuck with that, yes, it would have prob- people probably would have complained like they did with the original. But, I mean, if you're going to commit to something, commit to it and go down with the ship if it goes down. So I don't want this movie on the next trailer to be a bunch of kids having jokes and the hallway scene where it was super dark and there were ghosts coming out of the wall. I don't want the light turned on and it'd be bright as hell. Just stick with it. I want this movie to be edgy, just like Deadpool, just like Logan, and you can still have a great time. But I loved it, and I'm super intrigued uh, to see this film. Absolutely, and shout-out to Cannon for bringing the word fabulous into this superhero conversation. I was curious if someone would be able to work that into it. And Kanan knocked it out of the park. Um, Dane, what are your thoughts on the new movie show? I'm pretty amazed, just like the studio audience, actually. No, um, I do want to say about the music. 
um, part of what you were saying, Kanan, at least for me, and I'm sure you agree to an extent, it's all in which I just don't understand. I like it when they use some classic rock songs or some songs that are known to be, like, sped up and aggressive and stuff like that. But when they put, like, a, a techno slowed down version of it sometimes it's just bogging it's like what what was the point of even using that song but maybe that's me for being an extreme music enthusiast uh but i can see why some people complain some people just complain too much just in general i mean that's that's the difference but uh i did agree with you on a lot of aspects that i i think this movie looks really interesting the way that they're doing it the way that they're marketing it as a horror movie like you guys said, you know, you you wouldn't be able to know that um, without the little Marvel thing coming up and then, you know, preceding that. So I, I, I will agree with Nick, though, to an extent that it does look a little generic. Um, I do agree with you, Kane, that I hope that they keep on going with, like, a dark – like, I, I hope this is not all a bunch of bullshit and this movie is much more brighter than it's putting off. If you guys know the New Mutants, Bill Sienkiewicz was the writer – and artist for that. And his art was dark. It was horror style. I said to the, to the guys uh, beforehand, but, you know, he did Moon Knight. He did Electra for a long time. And his art was always like that. It was very, very dark and scary. So if they, if they channel the storyline, which is darker and scary than most X-Men characters, obviously, mostly due to magic, and, you know, the style cinematography with Bill Sienkiewicz's art, I think it's going to be great. I'm just more worried about Josh Boone. I mean... I heard Stuck in Love's a good movie. It was an indie romance comedy. His second movie was A Fault in Our Stars, which I actually heard was a really good movie out of those crappy adapted by, you know, book that you read every night and cry or whatever. Um, but I heard it was actually a good adaptation. Uh, Shailene Woodley is a great actress and had the guy from, um, oh, man, the race uh, movie where, uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, but The New Mutants looks good. It's just your director overall, more so than the trailer, more so than anything else, makes me a little bit worried. Uh, but if they keep on going with this concept, I think that they will be fine and they'll give us good product. And, hey, this is Fox just showing you that, you know, they're trying different things. And I like that because Fox were, regardless how you feel, Fox were the innovators when it came to making the shared universe. And now they were the innovators of making movies, you know, kind of stand for themselves uh, because of Deadpool and Logan that now Marvel and DC are taking cue from that. So I think that's pretty cool with a lot of, you know, crap that they've made with Fantastic Four and some of the X-Men movies, that they're still staying on top as far as being the guys pushing the envelope a little bit. So Yeah, and I would like yeah. to just quickly add um, that I feel like this is, like, the the one thing that we, we have in reference to be worried about is Fantastic Four, because that was supposed to be, you know, a darker film and everything else. Um, but I think they picked a much better property to do the style that they're wanting to do. And that is, is so key because Fantastic Four just doesn't really fit that style. You're right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Because really New Mutants in general is a, is, is a comic book that does do a lot of horror. And the Demon Bear, that's it. Just think Demon Bear. If you read that storyline, and the fact that Magic's on the team and her thing with the, the demon like world and all that, there's a lot there that you can work with. So it, they fit yeah. that, that, that tone. Definitely. So I'll pose this question to the panel before we move on to Stranger Things Season 2 trailer. If New Mutants does really well in the box office, paired up with you know how well we assume Deadpool will do, maybe not as much as the first one, uh, but it'll definitely have huge uh, box office success, 
to pair along with Legion and the Gifted. Um, if New Mutants does what it should do, um, can we start to put Fox in that conversation of um, getting out of the light of the negative properties that they've done and we can start respecting them for the great work that they've done? Or will that cloud always hang over Fox? Um, or does it not really matter? Nick, I'll start with you. I mean, I would say this. Um, I already have I, – I mean, I've already turned the leaf on that. Like, after I saw Logan and, like, a movie about a comic book character with claws coming out of his hands, like, made me ball like a little baby. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you, you won. Like, and you know what? I, y'all know I like every single MCU movie. Even Iron Man 3. I like them all. They're all, to me, they're all good quality fun films. But none of them, none of them come even close to Logan, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, Fox is hit or miss, but when they hit, they really hit. They're the Aaron Judge of, uh, of all of this, you know, of these, of these <laughs> films. Um, and that's just, yeah. you know, that's just the way it is. And, and I, I applaud them for it, you know. Um, and I feel like too, you know, once once they finally said, "All right, we'll let you make Deadpool," I really think that they learned their lesson, and so now they're like, "All right, let's just let these guys make their movies," because um, then we got Logan, and now we got this coming out, and uh, we got Legion, which was fantastic. Um, so I already think they're there. Um, and as far as whether I think the you know masses will will ever get there with me. Screw them. I don't care. Like, I, I really don't, you know. I mean, as long as Fox keeps making, you know, making great movies, and if they have a rotten one here or there, fine. But, like, you know, uh, you're going to get some great movies out of out of them. And I think they've, they've basically set that trend now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Dane, I, I'll pose this question to you. Uh, I believe Nick was getting ready to allude to this, so I'll put the words in his mouth. Uh, will Fox get to a level to where we stop caring about MCU? No, I'm just joking. That's not what Nick meant. Uh, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> Same exact question I asked Nick, though. Um, will Will that cloud forever be over Fox? Or if New Mutants does what it should do, um, will fans start to just uh, respect Fox for their good movies rather than caring about their bad ones? I mean, maybe not the fanboys, but like, you know, what Nick was saying, basically like, fuck them. <laughs> Who cares? Uh, you know, they might try to like, if you got a Marvel fanboy, they might try to say, well, we're better than Fox, blah, 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 blah. You know, they don't really represent the films. They don't represent Kevin Feige. They don't represent the, the, the you know, Marvel line of anything. Um, and same thing with like a DC fanboy. You know, you, you're going to have those type of dickheads out there, but you just got to deal with it. Um, I think X-Men or Fox in general has gotten respect. Yeah. They made a horrible Fantastic Four trilogy and then followed it up with a pieced-together zombie that was uh, the Fantastic Four film we got a couple years ago. Um, yeah, there's been a couple of X-Men films that were definitely misses, uh, especially after X2, where we just got a bunch of them until I figured out a different way of doing it. But they've made some fucking amazing films, fun films. So if they keep on doing this, and this is now where we're going with comic book movies where – there is still a connection, but it's less about the connection and getting us to an overall story arc and more about the actual story itself for that movie. That's comic books. So 
of course I'm going to be down with that type of concept. And like I said, I, I like Fox. I like Marvel. I like DC. I don't like shitty movies. So as long as they don't do that, I'm probably going to be okay with their movie and their product. But I do hate it when people cast that type of, you know, uh, that negative juju towards it. Um, I, I don't understand it, basically. I, I think that that's kind of silly. And especially what they're doing with television, I love Legion, and I really like The Gifted uh, as well. I, I watched the first two episodes today, actually. Um, and it reminded me of the animated series, but, like, obviously done in the television show uh, format. So, hey, just make good comic book stuff, um, and we'll, we'll talk about later on a little bit more about David Fincher-related comments and stuff like that. I want to take out the concept of trying to make a comic book movie all about what's going on in the future. And if that's what they're doing, kudos to them, whoever's making it. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Joel, same question. I kind of got lost in what where Dane went, and so like, the question got convoluted for me. I'm <laughs> like, what, what was okay. the original so, question? <laughs> I repeat the question. All right, shots fired. No, I'll repeat the question. Jeez, no, Joel. No, no shots. <laughs> was just, I got confused. I got lost. I was like, wait a it's minute, okay. where, was the, where was the question? <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. With the success of The Gifted, uh, the wild success of Legion, uh, Logan, okay, Deadpool, yeah, yeah. I remember. If, the New Mutants, if The New Mutants does what it's supposed to do, can that dark cloud kind of just be lifted from the name of Fox? And we just respect them for the great work that they've given us. I mean, before I pass it to you, let's not forget, Fox is the only property that's ever introduced time, not understood what the time logic is, and then completely confused us. And then somehow we still got Deadpool out of that and Logan. So, I mean, you know, we got to give them props, man. I mean, Fox is the only people that could do that. Completely misconstrued time within like three films and still make it work. So, I mean, we have to give them kudos for that. But, I mean, Joel, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Yeah, I agree. Uh, Like, I I, I agree with everyone. Like, I think they're already there. I think they've already made strides for for respectability's sake. because it's true, there's a lot of fanboys that still think back on, like, X-Men Origins Wolverine and The Last Stand, and even Apocalypse, which is more recent, and they kind of look at the negatives, and, but there's just been so much positive, I'm like, that's why I keep telling them, I'm like, everybody, they're on a roll right now, like, Fox is on a big roll, and you gotta run with it, and um, they have, they've already, uh, I've already given them the benefit of the doubt based on the, what they've given me recently, and they have, it's just all been quality with Deadpool and Logan and Legion and The Gifted. Um, and I, I New Mutants, or the trailer at least, looks really good. Uh, from what I've seen in Deadpool 2, that, which just recently wrapped, that looks so good. So all on that, just on that, I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt, and I think they're already on their way to making themselves a respectable name, and at least when you hear the name Fox, they're like, oh, they're pretty good. As where, like, like maybe just two years ago, they were like, Fox, they just fuck up, you know? And that's, that's changing. <laughs> if it hasn't changed already, it's definitely changing. Vastly, um, you know, maybe one day they could give us a respectable Fantastic Four. Maybe not even good, just respectable. Uh, something we can go. Yeah. Something we can go. Yeah. Something that we can just go. Eh, wasn't horrible, you know. Even better, <laughs> wasn't horrible. Um, oh, Kanan, what are your thoughts? <laughs> um, I forgot what the question was because Joel's babbling. It just kind of messed. No, I'm just joking. Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, you know what's good, baby. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. He just needs some caffeine. 
<laughs> I did not have I, did, I have not had a bad taste in my mouth from uh, Fox. I think what they're I think what they're doing is fine. I think they uh, they had the you know the terrible Fantastic Four film, which um, you know apparently was their fault because the studio interfered with Trank's work. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, I feel like I'm, I mean they've given us not not every X Men film has been great, but they've given us a lot of good. Uh, X-Men films, and some of them have been great. Uh, you know, Deadpool was was really good. Logan is great. Logan is one of the best comic book movies, you know, ever made. So, I mean, if you were to, you know, try to judge, you know, Fox based on, you know, its body of work, I mean, I'd say that they've, they've definitely hit more home runs than they have struck out. Um, and they, and, you know, The Gifted is, uh, uh, you know, I've watched the two episodes when I first when I first watched it, I was kind of like, eh, you know, some of this acting, but it's gotten really good. It's picked up. I'm hoping that the rest of the season will, you know, you know, finish strong. And um, yeah, Legion, you know, is is huge. I mean, that's one of FX's best shows right now, and uh, people are anticipating season two for that. So uh, I don't think that uh, New Mutants has to be a hit for us. You know, I think I think they're taking a risk with it, and if it fails, then, you know, they're kind of just like, all right, well, then they can go back to the drawing board. Um, I think what will be the true test is how, uh, you know, Dark Phoenix does. If, you know, Apocalypse wasn't well-received, so if Dark Phoenix comes out and it's not well-received, then maybe they need to kind of look at where they, you know, where they go with, uh, you know, their actual X-Men franchise. But I think, uh, I think, I think Fox has got a, a sturdy resume, so... I, I don't see any reason uh, to think that they haven't done well so far. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I should want to debate you on a few things, but that's a conversation for a different day. Um, <laughs> let's get into our next, our next, tra- our next and final trailer of the crazy trailers that dropped in this past week. We got a, a new look at Stranger Things season two. Looks even more fun than last season was. Um, we have a few new characters. Eleven somehow has a perm. Looks great. <laughs> Looks insane. Uh, more monsters. Will is freaking out. Um, <laughs> we see the team crowd up in this room with weapons. And the one kid still has that slingshot. The show looks amazing. The, the visuals still look really cool. The story still looks like, um, you know, they're still giving their all to a good story rather than just giving us a crap load of visuals. Um, I'm really intrigued on what this season has to offer, especially with that huge monster uh, we got to see towards the, I don't know if it was kind of in the middle or towards the end of the trailer, how they're able to defeat that. Um, but now that they're more aware of that that existing, they're, they're more prepared this time, especially with their big weapon 11 coming back. Um, Nick, I'll start with you. What were your thoughts on Stranger Things season two? Second trailer, I think it is. Yeah, second trailer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, I liked it a lot. Um, I mean, I the thing that like I probably just liked the most about the whole idea of doing this is, I mean, and the thing that I loved most about season one is just the blend, just the blend that they use of like this, this like cherry picking of stylistic things from like all those movies that at least Dane and I grew up with. I'm assuming y'all did too. Um, of, of, you know, like E.T. and Close sure. Encounters and, 
and Not you know those weird horror movies in the eighties, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But like no, I mean just the 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 way that they blend everything together, um, with that like Spielberg, Stephen King, uh, you know like mix mashup of everything, um, I, I love it. And and I, what what particularly stuck out to me about the trailer is I, and of course you know we won't really know this until we watch the season, but it appears to me like the way that they are, are expanding the universe is, is intriguing um, because it, it, it was just like a quaint little story, you know, the first one. And this looks like it's going to, like, really open things up. Um, they're obviously bringing in more characters. Um, I'm really fascinated to see – I forget her name, the character's name, but that chick that everybody was screaming to, for justice, the chick with the glasses, um, like uh. her dad – her dad is going to be in this season. Um, and he's got like, it, it, they, in the trailer, yeah. they show that, that little thing of all of the, like, uh, like Charlie day looking thing where it's like all like this whole conspiracy theory type room set up and everything. And I think that's going to be your dad. And I think that'll be an interesting thing to watch. And I like that all of these characters are, are a little more intermingling now. So like, the teenagers are associating with the young kids and vice versa. And um, so it's not just, it's not necessarily these separate stories that all tie together at the end. There seems like they're maybe they're more interconnected the whole way through. So it's just, it's, it, it seems to me just, just right the way that they're setting all this up, which is, which is super cool because I mean, I don't think this was ever planned on, happening like from the beginning anyway like i think they had to sit down and be like all right this is wildly successful how do we continue it and it looks like they're doing doing it total justice and doing the perfect kind of continuation that you want to see um and really a sequel because the first that first season just plays out like a really long movie like more so than than you know even like you know the the marvel netflix stuff or any of that like it really plays out just like a really long 80s movie um so it seems like the sequel is going to be a little bigger um a little more expansive and it's going to expand on the universe and i can't wait i i'm thoroughly uh enthralled with this universe no i completely agree and i find it very offensive that the entire campaign for everyone to not forget barb and you made it your mission to forget barb I find that a little offensive, but I'll let that slide, Nick. Um, her name is Barb, though. <laughs> I'll let it slide this time, but her name's Barb. Don't forget Barb, okay? Um, no. <laughs> uh, Dane, what are your thoughts of uh, Stranger Things Season 2? I-, I think this might be the final trailer because it comes out this month. So, yeah, final trailer. <laughs> well, Lisa was on mute because you guys didn't hear me sobbing. I-, I-, I completely agree with you. Hashtag Barb Lives is amazing and needs to come back to Stranger Things. I know it's a long one, but don't worry about it. We can get <laughs> Barb back on the show. I can't believe everyone forgot about Barb. Forgot about Barb. That sounds like a great comment. Never mind. Anyways, getting on the trailer itself, I thought it was a really good trailer. Um, I can't wait for the second season. It seems like Will is now messing with forces the size of Chitulu. Or, or something that, you know, Bray Wyatt would like um, in the Upside Down. Giant monsters, people. So 
I just hope that this one's going to be as good. I hope that they go with something. Um, I just hope it doesn't suck, basically. I mean, the reason why I say that is because I really thought that the first season should have been self-contained. So even though this trailer made me very excited about it, I just hope it's not a waste of time as far as the story, um, you know, progressing from the original one. But if, if it's, if it's uh, you know, if it, if it does some different things and gets me intrigued, just like the first one did, cool. Um, I just hope that they don't think having bigger monsters and bigger means a better story. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be fun. I don't know. I love you, Barb. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Hashtag nowadays everybody want to talk like they forgot about Barb. Um, anyway, uh, no, I completely agree with you, Dane. Uh, what worried me, <laughs> the longest hashtag, what worried me a little bit was the idea of, um, you know, how much pressure is on the Duffer brothers because the, the first season was kind of under the radar. Like it wasn't, it wasn't overly hyped because not that many people, you know, paid that much attention to it. It was word of mouth that got Stranger Things kind of just like in a whole nother gear. So it's a lot of pressure to not only match it, but do better than the first season. Um, and like I said, the first season caught a lot of people off guard. I didn't watch it until like three months after, um, you know, because so many people kept telling me to watch it. So I finally did, and I, I loved the first season. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to put that on the show. I, it looks like it's going to be really good. But I can completely understand where you're coming from, Dane. It's very difficult to kind of maintain the hype um, and all the good things that made up the success of the first season and kind of try to duplicate that for the second season. So I do hope with you that more aliens doesn't mean less story. <laughs> I hope more aliens means just as much story. Um, so I completely see your point on that. But, Joel, what were your thoughts on the Stranger Things trailer? Uh, as a fan of the first season, uh, I was impressed with the second season trailer. Uh, looks like they got a bigger budget because there's some crazy stuff in that trailer that I'm like, that could not be very, uh, that had to be expensive. There's no way that was not some type of expensive. But because of how successful the first season was, they seem they might have gotten a bigger push to get get things in that they probably couldn't get in in the first season. Um, I think what I really loved about the first season was the the tone was very like you guys are saying it's very 80s. It had a very E.T. meets Goonies type of feel to it. And the music, I think the intro music alone is what really sold me. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to like this show. And, like, the, after the second episode, I was kind of in already, and I was kind of sad when it was over because it was so short. But, yeah, season two trailer looks crazy. Uh, I love the Ghostbusters costumes on them because I remember back when I was a young kid and wanted to be a Ghostbuster, so I got a little flashback there. So I was, I love it, and I can't wait to see how it goes. And it's coming soon, so I'm excited. Yes, Joel, you did not need to remind us that you're 50. Anyway, Kanan, what were your thoughts on the Stranger Things Season 2 trailer? Well, I just to steal the line from Samuel L. Jackson and say that I'm glad Barb's dead and I hope she burns in hell. So not only have I got fabulous in one of the topics, I've also made a Samuel L. Jackson reference. So, anyways, uh, I, I to be honest with you, man, I was a little hesitant to watch this trailer because it does come out in a couple of weeks, and I was worried about it uh, showing too much. Um, I felt like it showed quite a bit. Um, I'm just hoping that the scenes are, you know, uh, and you know, 
that it didn't spoil anything from what it showed. I loved seeing, um, you know, Levin show up badass, not with her perm, but with her curly hair. I'm glad to see she's got <laughs> hair in this. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the giant ass, uh, Chitulu looking space creature, um, uh, like Joel said, uh, they definitely look like they've, uh, ramped up the budget because, you know, some of those, uh, special effects look, you know, damn good. So, uh, they put a lot of time and effort into the show. Uh, just like Juwan said, I think this, I think it started out, you know, kind of just like a, you know, wait and see what the reaction is going to be, um, I, I myself didn't watch it till you know a couple of months after it came out as well, and uh, you know it's just kind of one of those things that I'm hooked, and I'll be watching this one um, the day it drops. But yeah, the I love the tone of the show, the '80s feel. Um, you know, you'd have to be you know from that you know from that time frame you know to understand some of it, but it does have a great throwback to the Goonies, uh, to ET. Uh, I love how they're dressed up like Ghostbusters in this. Um, even though no one gives a shit what you dressed up as, uh, Joel, when you were a kid. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's... Remind me to change the middle finger. No one says it! By the way, but, uh, uh, I'm pretty sure the T is silent in Chulu. Just, I, that, that was just bothering me. Chulu. <laughs> listen, listen, what, listen. What for any of... For any of our possible new, for any of our possible new listeners, just know we are very, we are very petty with each other, <laughs> extremely <laughs> as petty as petty gets. Um, so when you hear these shots, don't think that they're personal to each other whatsoever. Uh, this is just how we are with each other. Kalen has the name Silent Assassin for a reason. Um, he tends to use his powers against Joel more than anyone else, but you know. <laughs> You have to use it when you Tell when you can. Uh, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I also that, I also figured that, out another interdimensional monster. It's called Fuck You Lou, and it's dedicated to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I guess we're we're all excited for Stranger Things. Is what we got out of that. That and yeah, Kanan yeah. is very aw- that and Kanan's very aware of the term fabulous in Samuel Jackson quote. So that's what we got out of our first segment of Charlie Talk. Now I'm going to pass it to Dane to usher us into our news topics. All right. How's it going, guys? Um, what I want is for Kanan next time to find a quote from Samuel Jackson with the word fabulous in there. Uh, might take a while <laughs> to do that. But, uh, all right. You, you know what really grinds my gears, guys, um, is this nature that we have. Um, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, it's not our fault as humans um, that when we see a headline and it's on Facebook, wherever, you know, you see the headline, you read that, and then because the, either the headline's misleading or you have a small brain, you don't actually read the article itself. And so a quote from someone can be completely disrupted and cause this whole entire mental friggin' breakdown within the geek community. For honestly, not needed reasons. Um, so what I'm getting at, there were three different quotes that happened this last weekend. Um, great for headlines, especially, you know, uh, if you're trying to serve your purpose as getting people to either click or just at least push your news forward. Uh, bad when it comes to the geek community of having to deal with people. 
Um, I have to, unfortunately, and Nick, uh, Christopher, um, and, and Juwan all have told me to stop reading the comments uh, on Facebook within these news articles and addressing these morons, but for some reason, I can't <laughs> go about doing that. So I'm just going to go over these, these quotes and give you guys some examples, and direct news examples, honestly. I mean, these are this is something that happened in the news, so we're, we're going to talk about it anyways, but you tell me. Based on these three things, and they're different. I mean, uh, Fitcher's comments are very much different comments than Kevin Feige's. But still, how this basically ruins, to an extent, our enjoyment of fandom for the comic book movies. All right. So here's the headline. Kevin Feige on Wonder Woman, Jeff Jones, uh, what DC can learn from the MCU. And the quote is, that's the headline. So if you read that, you're probably going to say, like, Damn it, Kevin Feige! You know, you've been saying stuff about my MCU, and I am actually waving my fist right now. I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm by myself in my room. Uh, but here's the actual quote, if you were to read the article. I don't know. Uh, I'm not one to bestow advice onto others. I think you can look at what they did with Wonder Woman, and they figured uh, it out. Uh, I've got great confidence in Jeff Johns over there, and now just Whedon helping them out that just makes me excited as a fan to see what's next. Now, in this, Kevin Feige is actually praising DC. Uh, he's actually good friends with John. Uh, both of them worked underneath um, uh, Richard Donner. Uh, they're both, you know, they're his right two-hand mans. I don't think that makes sense. But basically, you know, he's saying, like he said many a times, he wants DC to do well. Really what it comes down to is as long as comic book movies are popular, it doesn't matter who's making them. It's going to make more of the general public want to go see your movie. All right, we'll move on to another one. Here is the title. Jared Leto on involvement in Suicide Squad 2. We'll see if it happens. All right, so here's a quote. A lot of moving parts. We'll see what happens. I think Gavin is incredibly talented. He seems to be perfect director for Suicide Squad 2. I think he's a really gifted filmmaker, and I really love his work. From this, it basically makes it look like Jared Leto's kind of throwing shade. But if you actually read it, he's basically saying, you know, he's got a lot going on. They haven't finalized anything. He might be playing dumb, for all we know. But he actually gives praise to Gavin and saying that he thinks that he's the perfect director for this. People don't read that. They go, friggin' ape shit. The last one. David Fincher was kind of throwing shade at Marvel Studios. But Gone Girl director David Fincher throws shade at Marvel Studios and Hollywood praises Netflix. Quote, uh, look, there's a large town pool of people who are don't feel don't feel that there's much for them in terms of substance working for Marvel, and I think that we can make a playground for them that is thoughtful, adult, interesting, complex, challenging stories, and figure out ways to pull them into it. There's a chance at something that isn't lassoed or hogtied by three acts, and there's something else that doesn't have to be 22-minute, half-hour, or have a cliffhanger. I think it's a very exciting time for me on what's going on with Netflix. So basically comparing Marvel with Netflix, obviously Fincher doesn't know a lot about comic book films. He's one of those directors that kind of doesn't like them, uh, especially with the Lasso comment and being Marvel. But whatever, what have you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, after talking way too much, and I know I did, I'm going to pass this to Nick and ask you the question, Nick. Should people start reading more, basically? <laughs> yes, people should definitely start reading more. Um, I, one of my like one of my favorite memes like in the world is uh, the one that kind of uh, talks about how you know we'll have 
you if you if you were to time travel, you know, you would say, you know, we, we have this device in our hands that you know can has access to all the information that's in the world that's known, and we use it to you know send emojis and and gifts and you know like just for random shit, you know. Um, obviously I'm butchering the meme, but it's out there. Go look for it. Um, but no, that's so true. Like I, I I can't stand it when, uh, when people either post things or share things or comment on things and they don't even know the whole story. Like if, if the headline catches you, um, at least do yourself a service of, of reading it if it's not clear. And especially, especially when there is a question mark at the end, that's how they get you. They like phrase it in in how in the way you read it, like because you start reading before you even get to the end, and you see there's a question mark. But the way they 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 write it is it's almost as if it was a statement, not a question. Um, and people do that all the time, and then it's it's almost like because they started reading it as a statement, they didn't get to the end and see the question mark and then go back and read it as a question, you know? Um, yeah, it drives me absolutely bonkers. I'm right there with you. Um, I think, it, honestly, I like, it's not, I haven't read any of those articles, but I have seen all of the, um, all of the, um, of the taglines, if you will, um, for those articles that you brought up. But I just know now, like, I just know, like, it's not important to to like it. It's all clickbait. It really is just all clickbait, and they get a reaction from people. But yeah, it does it does drive me crazy. Not as much as it does you, <laughs> but it does get under my skin a little bit. And let me just uh, let me just praise Joel here for a second, since he's you know had shit talked about him twice on this fucking episode. Um, uh, <laughs> When Joel posts things, and he always posts with the the right information. He'll write it in, and then you know you get the you get the tagline and everything else underneath. And it's like, man, Joel always saving me that click. <laughs> I appreciate that, Nick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's throwing shade on me and you, Juwan. But you know, whatever. Nick is obviously <laughs> one of our favorites tonight. With all his <laughs> Have a like a source, so they like oh, because if we post it without it, 
people complain that they're like, well, who's your source? Where are you getting your information from? So we give it to them, but they don't read it. So what's the point of putting the source if you're not going to read the information? So that's just how <laughs> things are on our page. That's just how it works. Um, so that's why I try to clarify as much as I can on the, on the headline. And then below it, there's a link so you can actually read what I was trying to say. But that's the problem. A lot of people don't want to read. They just want to read what the highlighted part. And then a lot of the times, the, the people that, that write those headlines, those articles, it's clickbait. It's so you can read it because they, they want to write something outlandish. So that you have to read it because, like, that's ridiculous. You read it, and it's not really that ridiculous because it's the way they worded it. That's just how it is. That's how most of these places work. So I understand that. But the problem is people just don't read in general, and it's something that they should do if they really want the information. Don't, don't, po- like, don't comment if you haven't read the article. That's, that's usually how I work. I read everything. So if, if you're gonna if you're gonna comment below, at least tell me you read what we were talking about. If not, don't, don't like why bother? Mostly, that's just how I feel about it. It's annoying. I get it. Trust me. Yeah, uh, Juwan, um, how do you feel about all this? Uh, <clears throat> I completely agree with with everyone. Um, I did have a uh, <laughs> a comparison I wanted to bring up that Dane wouldn't get, but Joellen and Nick would. With the Kevin Feige story that, that you started it off with, where he was kind of alluding to he doesn't really give that much, um, you know, uh, kind of insight on, on how to go about things. Like, he doesn't give that much advice. All I took from that was when they asked LeBron James about Kyrie, he was like, I ain't teaching shit. <laughs> so where it's just like, I ain't giving him, I, I'm not giving him any of my recipes. Like, nah, he's on his own. Um, but yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Um, people don't read. Uh, I, I know the page is one of the main reasons why I, I don't investigate and or drop scoops anymore. Um, I would, and then they would question it, and then I'd put the link, and then they would not read the link and still question it. So then it was one of those things, or they would, I would post the link, and then that's when they would believe it. So, I mean, like Joel said, it, it, it's a lose-lose always. They're just quick to respond to something. I mean, it's the equivalent, Dane, to you'll post something about wrestling and then someone will go, well, wrestling's fake. What does that have to do with who would win in, in this match? Like, that, that has nothing to do with anything. Did you even read what it said? And You know what I'm So a lot of people, they, they're very lazy. Um, they enjoy confrontation over the keyboard. Um, so instead of reading and being aware, they just much rather start arguing. So, I mean, and it's just really dumb that general people don't understand. Clickbait is how websites are able to grow and prosper. Um, they need you to then click on the link and, and then read it for yourself, but they need something that will lure you into reading that link. So that's what clickbait is. So, I mean, once people start to realize that, it'll kind of make what we do a lot easier, but that day will never come. So, Yeah, you know, clickbait's uh, pretty bad because if not, if you're not going to even read it, you might share it, and then there's 20 people that are going to freaking read it, probably more than that. Um, Kanan, have you found that freaking quote from Samuel Jackson with the word fabulous in it yet? No, I have not, but I will continue to look for it. Damn it! I think I've used up my references today, so I'll have to wait and save that for the next show. That's fine. I don't know well, how, how do you feel about fabulous this? twice. 
Uh, clickbait is the death of journalism. I mean, they're like the the journalists nowadays are just jokes. They're absolute jokes. Uh, there's no uh, sense of pride or you know, in their work, it's just all about who will read their article. And in most of the time, it's just total bullshit. Everything they write in there, uh, like on the last justice league trailer, someone wrote an article saying, uh, that are we going to only see Superman in flashbacks and dreams that we may not see Superman until, uh, the sequel of justice league and a bunch of bullshit. And I'm like, why, you know, you just wrote that to piss a bunch of people off and get people to click your shitty link and read it. So that's why I love this Twitter page called film clickbait. They go and they read all these articles and they post it right there on their Twitter feed and you ain't even got to click on the link. So it's, you know, that, that's all they're doing. It's just constant, you know, it's just fueling the fire. People are seeing, uh, the headline, you know, Kevin Feige, says this about DC, and of course, you know, without even clicking the link, everybody's like, man, screw Marvel and screw DC, you know, it's just like causing a war instead of actually clicking it and seeing that he's praising DC, and, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, they know what they're doing, and that's why journalism is just dead, it's just absolutely dead, it's trash, that's all they care about is bringing their sites numbers up, and a lot of times it's by a bunch of people that aren't even getting paid, it's not true journalists, it's just by people that are, you know, freelance, and that's all they care about is uh, their editors like, hey, let's try to get this article out and boost the numbers for the site because that's all they care about. You know, they don't care about the journalists actually doing a great job and putting out a really good article piece. They're just more worried about, oh, we got 10,000 uh, visits on our site today, uh, but you just threw away your entire career and your integrity by writing this totally bullshit article that no one's going to take seriously. Yeah, I completely yeah. Uh, agree with you. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, 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 that's a great point. But, I mean, honestly, we do have to keep in mind, though, this new generation doesn't like to read. So, so they'd much rather someone give them a very small quote from it, and then they're able to just run with that, um, you know, and cause all kinds of trouble with just, you know, a few sentences uh, rather than actually investigating. So that's why they're able to get away with all the clickbait that they do. Most people don't like to read, as we have seen on the page. Um, But, yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Dane. It's definitely going to be weird going forward (laughs) um, because it's not going to stop. So now we have to just kind of figure out how to get around not stressing ourselves out by the stupidity of, of others. But, you know, we'll digress. Anyway, um, let's get into some more. <laughs> Dane Smash. Anyway, a great segue. That's why Dane Rance is coming back to put you guys in, in your place because you're idiots. That's why <laughs> Dane Rance has to come back. Um, <laughs> uh, but some yep. more news. Uh, we're we're going to kind of group these Fox topics together so we can kind of get to um, – we can kind of get all these, these topics in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bunch together a bunch of these Fox uh, news topics, and I'm going to pass it to the panel for you guys to tell me what out of the three things that I give you stood out to you the most. Um, So Deadpool 2 and X-Men Dark Phoenix both have officially wrapped. Gambit gets a working title. I believe it's called Chess, right, Joel? Yep. And it's also eyeing a Valentine's Day release, right? 
Uh, yeah, around there. All right, boom, two for two. All right, so then I'll start with you, Joel. Perfect, great segue. Uh, <laughs> out of those three <laughs> things, what stands out to you the most, and what are you uh, most looking forward to out of the three of those? I think it's, I, I think we're all looking forward to the same thing. Uh, Deadpool two, uh, they finished, and they and then uh, Ryan Reynolds left us some pictures for us to look at on his way out. Um, now that I guess we're going into post production, so I'm really excited. I'm, that's probably one of the most anticipated movies I got for next year is Deadpool two, because um, I was a huge fan of the first one, of course. But we're going to finally get to see Cable live action for the first time, and Domino, and whoever else they got in the movie that they haven't told us, because we don't really know much about the movie aside from the fact that Cable, Domino, and uh, Deadpool are in it, and obviously Cable, um, Colossus is coming back, and all that. But aside from that, we don't know much about this movie, so I really can't wait for the for the first trailer and which has to be coming probably early next year at some point. So that I'm really excited about. X-Men Dark Phoenix, um, that was pretty quick. I, it kind of surprised me that they finished already. I'm like, um, that was fast. That was fast. But I, I don't know. I, Dark, Dark Phoenix is probably my biggest question mark for next year when it comes to these movies because I just don't know what to expect. I want to be excited, and I am excited because if they're going to do CR, I'm super excited. But – at the same time, I don't know what to expect because obviously we still have a little bit of a bad taste in our mouth from Apocalypse. It didn't, didn't, wasn't the best. I enjoyed it for what it was, but it wasn't the best. And I wasn't sure where this movie's going. So Dark Phoenix kind of scares me, but I, I still am looking forward to it. And I think it's at the end of the year anyway, so it still has time. And I guess post production is a great idea for it to do whatever they got to do with the CGI and whatever extra filming they have to do later on. Um, Gambit, I'm excited because this is the closest I think we ever gotten anything with Gambit. So we already got, we heard about the director, Gore Verbinski. It has a, a working title. Usually when you get the working title, you know there's progress. And then like not long after, we got the date. So, yeah, uh, it's coming into the early 2019, February. I forget the exact date, but, yeah, around Valentine's Day. And I'm excited for Gambit. I've been excited for a while. I know a lot of people are down on it, but it's one of my, he's one of my favorite X-Men. So go Gambit. I can't wait for what Fox has in store. So I'm really excited. Yeah, no, I can completely understand that. And speaking of Deadpool 2 and the hype around that, all I can say right now is tune in to Zazie Beat. Uh, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. I could be saying that completely wrong. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. On an, episode, on an episode of Geek Vibes Live Interview Edition. So just stay tuned for that. But I'll pass it to you, Nick. Um, out of the three things, what stood out to you the most? What are you most looking forward to? The the one thing that actually stood out to me the most, I mean, obviously I'm excited for Deadpool 2. But, you know, that's been building up for quite some time now. We've we've talked about it a lot. Um, the thing that stood out to me the most was the, the val- near Valentine's Day release date for the Gambit movie. And I kind of hope that means we're going to get Rogue. We're going to get Rogue in there because, like, Rogue and Gambit is one of the most fascinating relationships. I, I mean, I, I think I think you got to give the, the you know, the, the coup de grace to Cyclops and Jean Grey, but, like, close second to me is Gambit and Rogue, and I really hope we get Rogue in this movie. I don't think we're going to get Rogue because I feel like there would be so, many, so much news around it that it would be impossible for them to hide. Um, but if it's a if it's a Valentine's Day release, maybe we get a little something like Deadpool, and we get Rogue in there. Maybe not as a big part, but something to allude to that relationship, because that is one of the best relationships uh, in the X Men universe. And I just I really want to see it. Like I and I really want to also I really want to see Rogue done right. Um, 
you know, it's got they've got all of their different timelines and everything. Like I want to see Mississippi Southern Bell Rogue uh, with uh, you know Creole, uh, Baton Rouge uh, Gambit, and like let, like let's let's get it right. Let's do it all. Like I, that is what I'm hoping for, and I hope we get it. Like that would just be perfect for me. Well, with all this talk from Channing Tatum, he seems as though he's going to try to follow the the source as as much as possible. So hopefully he he does it justice. I know you guys always tell me the accent is is important to Gambit. I yeah, super. And he's from Louisiana. If, if you guys think it's important, I I would hope that he would understand that and implement it into the movie. Um, you know, because it's something that's important to the character. Um, so we'll have to just wait and see. Um, we'll get a lot more information in the next few months, um, you know, about the progression of, of filming and everything like that. It'll be interesting to see the first official photo of him in costume. That's what I'm looking forward to the most. Because I'm still trying to, in my head, picture Channing Tatum as Gambit. And me still love Gambit. So I'm going to have to see that to, to kind of be completely wow. sold. It has nothing to do with his acting ability. Just that's not who I would have picked for, for Gambit. Um, Josh Hartnett. Question to you. Yeah, yeah, hey, listen, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Dane, same question. Um, I forgot what the question was. Okay, out of the three things that I named, what stood out to you the most, and what are you most looking forward to? Well, um, I, I actually have to say that one thing that you guys are talking about, the, the Gambit movie uh, stood out the most. I can't believe Fox is getting me behind this whole entire Gambit movie. But now that, even though I'm not, well, like I said, I, I don't dislike the director so much that I would have preferred uh, the one he had previous or someone different in my head. But I like the concept of them kind of making this more about him being a thief and, and, and uh, you know, touching on that type of aspect. Shane uh, Tatum is an actor that even though, yeah, I would rather him play Shazam and someone like Josh Hartnett play Gambit just because of their body types and a lot of different things. He loves the character. This is something that he actually <clears throat> sought out and was asking Fox, you know, uh, do you have anything ideas for this? And I kind of hope that Fox did, and that's why they kind of went with it, and they didn't kind of build this character around the fact that Shane Tatum wanted to play him. Uh, but I can't say that I'm not intrigued, and I didn't think the same thing with the whole Valentine's Day concept. I would love to see Rogue in it. Um, you know, like we've been talking about with Fox, they're kind of ignoring certain things as far as continuity. If if we didn't, you know, if if we weren't supposed to ignore them, remember Gambit was in the 70s, uh, you know, by, or played by Taylor Kitsch uh, in the first Wolverine movie. So he wouldn't be around the same timeline regardless. I say screw it, have a girl play Rogue and go from there. Um, it's funny because she's actually British, but Lauren Cohan, just because she did such a great job of Maggie, you know, she's always kind of, like, had that in my head when I watch Walking Dead uh, because I don't anymore because it just turned to crap. Um, sorry if you do. That would be uh, terrific. But, but um, you know, a southern, uh, you know, someone with a thick accent would be preferred, but she does have a good look for her, and I think she would get butts in the seat along with Shane Tatum. But regardless of that, yeah, Deadpool 2 is a no-brainer. It's going to be awesome. I, I, I don't have any doubts behind that. 
even though they have a different director, I think that they're in good hands, and I am looking forward to Cable on film. And I'm scared crapless with this new uh, X-Men film. Um, they're doing one of my favorite storylines uh, with the Dark Phoenix. They're doing it in two movies, but Simon Kimberg is directing and this will be his first production directing. Now, he's written and produced pretty much all the mainstream X-Men movies so far, and he's done some great jobs with them and stuff that ended up like Apocalypse. And, man, Joel was talking about bad taste in his mouth. I had to taste my mouth like I hung out and drank vodka with Tom Arnold the night before after seeing that movie. So, uh, you know, I'm just hoping that that's not the case with this one um, and that we actually get a really good uh, movie. And... um, you know, I, I'm kind of scared about that one. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to Gambit and Deadpool and still iffy with the whole X-Men movie. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. I completely agree, and I think that was a really good point uh, that Joel made, uh, the fact that Dark Phoenix wrapped as quickly as it did. I actually reported that it was supposed to wrap um, a few weeks ago. Um, you know, it's very quick. Uh, hopefully what they needed to get done is done to the best of their abilities, not to the ability of we kind of just need to get this movie out. Um, if this movie needed to be delayed another year, delay it. We, this movie cannot be what Apocalypse was by any means. It cannot. Um, and that's not saying that, you know, Fox will be doomed if it is, but no one's going to have faith in this X-Men, uh, in that X-Men franchise going forward. And I said to you guys, I believe it was last week, or I was just telling Dane or Joel, um, would it really start to become talk of the town? And it might not necessarily connect, but it will be talk of the town from, from most uh, bloggers and stuff. Is This is the first official X-Men film with no Wolverine, that being a cameo or a full-on appearance. So if this does bad, the first time you have no Wolverine, questions will start to come out do these films need wolverine and i don't think they need that i think this should be something that's that's a really great project it gets fans you know really excited about the x-men franchise going forward you know uh you know just in case they do lose uh the the big three that they have james mcavoy um and and so on michael fassbender uh jennifer lawrence um, so you want to be able to build with that young cast and get them, con- you know, and get the fan base confident enough to kind of go forward with that, that young base. So if this is bad, a lot of people are going to think maybe it's the cast. A lot of people are going to think maybe it needed some Logan in it. You know, it's just a whole bunch of bad stuff will come around that. So, you know, I just really hope that they, they have all their, their, you know, their eggs in the, the proper basket. And this is a really good film. Like I need the dark Phoenix to be my surprise. My, you know, my sleeper of, of next year's superhero films. Like, it has to be that one that I just go, whoa. I know Infinity War was great. We expected that. I know Deadpool 2, Black Panther. But, wow, Dark Phoenix was, you know, really surprised me. I would love to be able to say that. Um, and I'm just hoping this very quick shoot that they did. And when we say quick shoot, we don't want you guys to think they shot it for two months and they're done. It was a few months, but it was, it was shorter than you would expect. A movie to have a movie of that caliber to have shot for. Um, so, Kanan, I'll give the same question to you. Uh, what are you looking most? Uh, what are you looking forward to the most out of the, the three news topics I gave you, and what stood out to you the most? 
Well, I think I, I think I'm looking more forward to uh, X Men Dark Phoenix just because, like I said earlier, I think that this movie is going to uh, kind of determine where Fox goes, you know, with the X Men franchise based on you know how well it's received. Because um, you know, like I said, on the mixed reaction to Apocalypse, I, I think this movie um, has to be um, not as good as Days of Future Past, but I think it has to be uh, pretty close. It has to definitely be. Um, a lot better than Apocalypse was. Uh, I think we all pretty much assume that Deadpool two will be will be really good uh, with the addition of uh, Cable and uh, Domino. Uh, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, as far as the Gambit movie goes, uh, I mean, y'all have heard my opinion on it. I mean, it's just not something that I'm really interested in. Um, I, I'm just I'm not really 100% sold on Channing Tatum as Gambit. Uh, I would, I mean, I want to see a Gambit film. I just don't know how interested in it I am with him, with him as, 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 you know, if they, if he commits to the role and, uh, you know, we get the first photo and he looks, you know, straight out of the comic books, it may change it. But, um, you know, I posted some stuff about it on Twitter and I just, I mean, a lot of people that commented just aren't really, in, you know, interested in this film or really expect it really to happen at all. So I'm just not feeling much love for Gambit. I know there's uh, maybe a small pocket of people that really want to see it, and there's some people who are just like, if it happens, it happens. Um, but, I mean, I, it's it's not it's not on my really to-do list at all as far as movies. So, you know, definitely Dark Phoenix, just like I said, because I want the X-Men franchise to continue. Uh, I think this is going to determine that. Um, you know, but of all, all three, I think Deadpool will, will be the best, you know, would be the best film and it's probably the most anticipated across the board. It's those 80 yeah, babies who want to see Gambit. That's who it is. Yeah, and honestly, what I was going to add to that, Nick, was what I was going to add to that was um, a lot of people just don't know about Gambit. Um, but I did want to speak to a point that you made, Kanan, um, when you were saying a lot of people don't even think it's going to happen. The fact that we have a a um, a working title and they're kind of pretty clear on the release date, I'd say it would take Channing Tatum saying he does not want to do it anymore for it to not happen. Um, now, delays always happen. So, if, you know, if someone was saying they don't see it happening when it is projected to happen, you know, that's fine. Things happen. But for it to not happen at all, it would take Channing Tatum deciding he didn't want to do it anymore for that to even be a topic of conversation because you can always change directors, but if your main lead that you've had now attached to it, I want to say like three years, more um, probably. you know, yeah, probably more. Uh, it's it, like, I've, I've made this joke before. We'll, we'll see what comes out first Gambit or, uh, or Shazam. I mean, or uh, the rock is black Adam. I mean, those guys have been <laughs> in those characters for forever and haven't been attached to anything. So, you know, but like I said, I think this will happen. I think a lot of people who don't have faith in him being able to do the character justice or even in the, the character at all, when that first photo hits, it'll kind of make people go, all right, I'm, I'm interested. And then when that first trailer drops, like I said, first trailers always either sway me or keep me far away from films. So that's kind of what I wait for, uh, the, that first official photo or the, um, the trailer. But um, – did anyone else want to add anything else to this topic before we move on? No. Uh, no. Uh, just uh, right. one thing. It is officially yeah. February 14th, so it is Valentine's Day. Exactly Valentine's okay. Day. Okay. Cool. All right. That's what I thought. But Rogan. I, I had it. 
I had it here in my notes actually as also eyeing a Valentine's Day release. So okay, all right, cool. Yes, put Rogue in it. Absolutely. Anything besides Anna Paquin. Anyway, uh, next time. <laughs> right. Um, and this one I no. wanted to do because I wanted to I wanted to understand Dane's point a little bit more. This I actually took from a post that someone had posted. Oh geez. Um, about <laughs> no, it's nothing like that, Dane. Don't worry. Um, someone had made a post about what was the better trilogy, Iron Man's, The Dark Knight, Logan, or Captain America. Now, um, a lot of people wrote out the Logan trilogy very quickly. And to that, I wanted to say the Wolverine was not a horrible movie, especially the extended cut. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it was not anything. It was nowhere near X-Men Origins. Correct. Neutered. Um, and the uh, the director's cut or the extended version on the DVD um, made that made that movie uh, a lot better than the theatrical, in my opinion. This is just my opinion, not fact or anything. Just my opinion. Um, so I thought, you know, the, you know that, and then following it up with Logan, um, you know, kind of puts that still in the conversation. And the reason why I say I felt as though I put that in conversation, the Iron Man trilogy. I personally only deem one of those three to be, you know, worth mentioning, and that's the first one. Uh, the second one I thought kind of lacked in a lot of different areas, and the third one was good for what it was trying to be, but could have been so much more. And it could have done so many different other things with a bunch of different other characters. Um, the Dark Knight trilogy, I'm not huge on the first one. The second one we already know is the best out of all three, and the third one I thought was good for what it was was trying to to do. Um, the reason why I'm never high on that third one is because Nolan even said he didn't want to make it. Um, they kind of told him he had to do it, so you know he put together the best he could uh, or the best he wanted to do, however you want to take it. And the Captain America one, you guys know I was never a fan of the first one. Winter Soldier, I think, was the strongest because it was an actual Captain America story. Uh, we know Civil War was like Avengers 2.5. Um, so, Dane, I want to start with you. Who had the better trilogy and why? <sighs> All right. Controversy starts. Uh, I'm just going to start off and say that Iron Man and Logan, bye-bye. Both of you guys do not deserve to play in this playground. Thanks for having great single movies, but give me a fucking break. Uh, let's go into what I think is, honestly, if we're going by a superhero story from start to finish, three movies connecting, I would say the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, personally to me. I love the Captain America films. Do not get me wrong. I love the first Captain America film. I think it's great. I, I really love the uh, the storyline for that. But if I were to say, you know, between the Dark Knight being the strongest movie for the Dark Knight trilogy and Winter Soldier being the strongest movie, arguably, for the Captain America trilogy, I would still have to go with the Dark Knight. Yeah, there's a lot of problems I had with uh, Christian Bale specifically playing Batman and their choices for the second and third one. But I loved him in the first one, and he didn't ham it up that bad until the second one. And I just thought the three villains they chose were really good. I thought they were good stories by themselves. And The Dark Knight by itself is one of the only movies that you could say is, you know, in discussion for being nominated for an Oscar out of, like, any of these movies listed. Uh, well, besides Logan. But Logan, come on, the other two movies were hard garbage. Like, the second one was a little bit uh, better, but, I mean, you know, I, I can't say that the story was that great going through. It was kind of boring. Uh, so, no, it was not as bad as the first one. 
but the first one was a dumpster fire. Uh, Iron Man 2 was very disappointing. It was basically the first one, but louder. And I always thought the third one, because of the comic book stuff, yeah, it's going to bother the hell out of me. They could have made that movie a hell of a lot better. Why was everyone on fire? Come on, give me a damn break. So, yeah, I'm going to have to give it to The Dark Knight. Captain America has an amazing second movie, and the third movie is a sequel to The Avengers, the better sequel that we didn't get with the second one. And I love it. It's a great movie, but it has a lot of heroes to make that movie what it is. I mean, come on. It's not, it's not just Cap by itself. Yes, it's his story, but everyone's included into it. So I'm going to have to say The Dark Knight. Um, I know people are going to disagree with me. Uh, I can't say that Captain America is not second best, especially out of these four, and I don't know why Iron Man or, and Logan are even in the conversation at all. <laughs> I think what gets them in the conversation is uh, the wild success of Logan and how great that movie was, was received and the fact that Iron Man kind of launched the entire MCU. If that tanked, we might not have the MCU that we do now. So, you know, the importance of uh, how great that first Iron Man movie was. But I completely understand your point. I'm not trying to debate you at all. I was just saying I, I get why those two trilogies were put into the, the fold, you know, because you kind of can't just, you know, dismiss them because of how great the first Iron Man was and Logan was. But like you said, it wasn't a full body of work. So I completely understand your, your point in that regard. Uh, Nick, I want to go with you. What, uh, what do you think is, is the better trilogy out of those four movies, uh, four trilogies? Yeah, um, I'm going to pretty much agree with Dane here. Um, I will say uh, a couple things though uh, before I before I get into my pick. Um, I, I I agree with you, Juwan. Like Logan is like if you were to ask me out of all of those twelve films, which is the best? It's Logan, like bar none. Like The Dark Knight is is a really good film, but it doesn't give you it for me anyway. It doesn't evoke as much of an emotional response as Logan does. Um, and so, I, I mean, I would just say Logan is the best film out of all of them, which is why you can put it in that tier. Um, as I've stated before, I, I like all the MCU films. I think they're all good, um, good to great, um, but none of them are fabulous. <laughs> I worked it in. Um, so, like, I would say, like, my thing with Iron Man, I, I really Iron Man 1 is obviously really good I think Iron Man 2 it, you know, it kind of suffered from having to to, to build so much story to, 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 to set up Avengers um, but luckily it did because Avengers like was terrific and didn't have to like, um, you know set all that up in, it, in and of itself uh, and then Iron Man three, I, I think it gets shot on way too much. I think it's a, I think it's a solid buddy cop film. Um, but like, the reason the Dark Knight is the best to me boils down to pretty much this: the Dark Knight is, and and again, I agree with Dane. It, it's really between the Dark Knight and the Captain America trilogy because at least you have two great films in those trilogies, and then you got one solid film. Um, I think The Dark Knight is a little bit better than The Winter Soldier. I think Batman Begins is a little bit better than Captain America Civil War. And I think The Dark Knight Rises is a little bit better than uh, the first Captain America movie. That's just how I see it. Like, I just think 
Um, the the Dark Knight trilogy is such a great trilogy, and and I actually really enjoy the Dark Knight Rises. I think it's a really really good movie, um, and I think a lot of people kind of brush it under the rug. And I will say this: as far as like Christian Bale's performance, like no one questions him as Bruce Wayne. Like he does a great job when he's portraying Bruce Wayne. Um, it's the Batman and the like that that whole voice thing. And uh, uh, my buddy Eric Shifton said, you need to go one of two routes. You need to either, one, just talk in a semi-plain voice and just, like, util- like just, just negate the fact that it, it, it gives him away and just, just live in that world where it doesn't matter, or use the voice modulator, um, which they ended up doing in, in the new Batman movies. And this was, he said this even before the new Batman movies happened. Um, so I do agree with that. They should have gone either one of two ways. Just, just you know, give it, give it up and, and just and just do the voice like they did with Michael Keaton. Um, and maybe disguise it a little bit, but not go so over the top. Or do the voice modulator. The voice modulator would have been perfect, especially because they made so much um, uh, reference to uh, him and Alfred or Lucius, like trying to improve the bat suit and everything. It just would have made sense if they had a voice modulator to 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 protect that aspect of his personality. Um, but like that's such a nitpicky thing. I mean, the films themselves are terrific, all of them. Um, and like I said, I just think uh, in the in the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, two, one, and three are just a little bit better than the Captain America trilogy of two, three, and one. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no. I like I said, I completely get um and the the reason why I wanted to to bring this conversation up wasn't to necessarily disagree with anyone who um thought the Dark Knight trilogy was the better trilogy out of them all. I just kind of, you know, it, it kind of bothered me a little bit cuz a lot of people were very quickly dismissing the importance of Iron Man and Logan. So I just thought I'd bring it to the table and see if their impact kind of still gave them a, uh, you know, a, a seat at the table. Um, but we kind of all get that. It kind of gives them a seat at the table, but, you know, they don't get good plates at the table. Um, but, right. Joel, uh They got to sit at the kids' you know, table. Right. They got to sit at the kids' table. Right. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts? Uh, I agree with them. <laughs> uh, it's true. Like, I, I look. I'm a big fan of Iron Man. Uh, Iron Man 1 especially is my favorite of the three. Uh, I, I was a bigger fan of Iron Man 2 than most people. Uh, Iron Man 3 was probably the weakest. I, I still enjoyed it for what it was, but I was still disappointed in what it, it gave me. Um, when it comes to lo- uh, lo- well, Wolverine, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine is terrible. Uh, the Wolverine was okay. And then you got Logan, which was probably the best movie of all the movies that we're going to be talking about of the, of the four trilogies, um, arguably, between that and The Dark Knight, obviously. Um, but obviously Logan was amazing, but just because Iron Man 1 was that good and Logan was that good does not mean the trilogy is good. So it's kind of hard for me to say they have the best trilogy just because those movies were amazing because those are just single films, you know? Then it comes down to Cap and Batman, just like the two of y'all. So for me, it it really just, it's hard because I I was a big, I liked Captain America, the first Avenger. I liked uh, Winter Soldier very much, and I loved Civil War a lot, but to me, I think, like Dane mentioned, it didn't feel like a Captain America movie. It felt like an Avengers movie. I think Juwan even mentioned it was like two and 
2.5 Avengers. It didn't feel like Captain America Civil War. Just No one even says Captain America Civil War. So everyone says Civil War, honestly. It's just that's how, how it is. Um, and because of that, mainly, because I think Civil War is one of my favorite, and Winter Soldier, two of my favorite Marvel movies in general, uh, I still can't put it over the Dark Knight trilogy, which still ha- has a special place in my heart, because I really enjoy Batman Begins. Like, that was one of my favorite movies, Batman Begins. And then you got the Dark Knight, which somehow made it was even better, because I remember my cousin was talking so much shit that it was going to be terrible for some reason. He's, he's a pessimist, and that's why I'm, I'm surrounded by pessimists. <laughs> and that's how he was going with it. And I'm like, it's going to be good. And it was not just good, it was amazing. And the, the fact that they got nominated and all this stuff. So, yeah, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises is probably the weakest, obviously, but my problem with The Dark Knight Rises all stems from the fact that The Dark Knight Rises, the, the problem with The Dark Knight Rises is the fact that it ended. And it, it's a story that's not really supposed to end, but in Nolan's universe, there was a beginning, a middle, and an end. And that's how it is. And that's how it worked out. And for me, it still worked out in his vision. And that was the Nolan you bubble. And in his Nolan bubble, I thought it was a great trilogy for his trilogy. And I, st- I got to go with the Batman trilogy, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, just a slightly above the Captain America trilogy. Yeah. I mean, we no one can really dis- disagree uh, w- with that sentiment. And, I mean, again, to your point of, of Civil War, uh, saying that, because a lot of people are going to come at us and say it was a Captain America story, you know, the deep sure. roots of it were about Captain America. But, I mean, that'd be the and equivalent of saying, right, right, and Iron Man. But you, you get what I'm saying. The roots of it were Captain yeah. America. Um, but right. it'd be the equivalent of trying to convince me BVS was a Superman story inside of BVS. I get it, the roots were Superman, but that was clearly a Batman movie <laughs> featuring Superman. Right. Just like Especially Civil War somehow. Right. Um, somehow Civil War became an Iron Man slash Avengers movie heavily featuring Captain America. So it, it, you can't distinctively tell me that BVS was a, a, a solo Superman story. Like, if you didn't see right. Man of Steel and you just jumped into BVS, you know it's completely about Superman. Uh, that's debatable. Same with Civil War. Um, there's elements in there that you can kind of get someone trying to make that argument, but it's not strong enough, <laughs> you know? So, I, like I said, I completely under, understand you guys' point. I just like to have these conversations, you know, for our listeners to hear it and go, oh, okay, so that's, you know, that's what they're saying about this or about that. Um, but to wrap it up, Kanan, what are your thoughts on uh, on the best trilogy? Well, uh, I think all I think all three, you know, are, are decent, uh, or all four, um, you know, um, I wouldn't say like Iron Man or Wolverine, you know, shouldn't be in there. Uh, but I mean, the best trilogy, uh, without a doubt, is uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, and I don't understand how anyone could. Um, you know, say that first off, Batman Begins is the best pure comic book origin film uh, made. It just is. Um, it's the closest it's gotten to seeing Batman's true roots um, from his journey to becoming Batman. Uh, then you have the Dark Knight, and then I know that there were some knocks on the Dark Knight Rises, but from start to finish, the Dark Knight trilogy is is the best by far. It's the it's the most linear, um, like Joel said. It's a start, middle, and end. 
you know, you see the rise of Batman all the way down, you know, to the end of his journey. Um, Captain America, uh, the first movie was really good, but Batman Begins is a million times better than First Avenger. And uh, Winter Soldier is a great movie. It's nowhere near better than uh, The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger is one of the best uh, villains, uh, you know, in comic book movie history. Uh, that or performance alone, yeah, that performance alone was. Just, I mean, he won an Oscar for it. It's. I mean, that movie did as well as it did because of him. Um, and you know, as far as Captain America: uh, Civil War goes, um, I mean, it's it's part of it, but you know, it had to rely on you know other elements. I mean, it was so many other characters, you know, brought in. Uh, you know, to it that it really did feel like an Avengers film. Um, I, I really, I, I don't think Wolverine uh, uh, Origins is a terrible movie in a lot of ways, but it did have some good elements. Uh, Liv Schreiber as Sabretooth, you know, is a great performance. Uh, I like Danny Houston as um, uh, Striker. I thought that was pretty good. I mean, plus, you know, you've got Hugh Jackman who tried to do his best with what he could work with. Iron Man really is just one good movie. Uh, the other two um, are okay. I didn't like three at all because of the Mandarin. But, I mean, whoever made this list, I can't believe they left off Spider-Man. I know Spider-Man 3 is not that great, but if you're going to add those other movies, I mean, how could you leave the Spider-Man trilogy off? Uh, one and two are, like, you know, also two of the best comic book movies ever made. Uh, so it's surprising Agreed. that they were left off. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy – um, you know, by far, I mean, just by performances, um, and storytelling and, you know, it served a purpose and, you know, it wasn't like, Hey, we got to do this and do this to bring it in, uh, to, to make it work. So I, I get what you're saying and I don't disagree with it. So let me start, let me start by saying that I don't necessarily disagree with it, but you made a lot of debatable statements in your in your, uh, in your, in your, I'm gonna call it hot take you just gave. Um, yeah, let me, let, just, me throw, let me throw this, this just one out, Joanne. Um Deadpool is definitely the best origin movie of all time. I'm sorry, Batman Begins is great, but Deadpool is better. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that one first. Where's first. the origin? I think I think Wonder Woman's box office number shows that it's the Deadpool is nowhere even near the best. I mean, I mean, well, I, mean, I, mean, I, mean I can't even believe Ju- I can't even believe Juwan hold on, hold would on, debate hold that. On. Hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me, let me let me reference. Ne- let me reference that. Go ahead, Dan. Go ahead, Dan. De- Deadpool's not an origin story. Uh, Wolverine uh, X Men Origins had the didn't even have a uh, origin for the character either. So technically there's not origin movies like the start of the character. No, I mean the actual well, Deadpool movie, like that movie, like when they, when they were like, fuck origins, we're going to do Deadpool. And they made an origin story about Deadpool. That is the best origin comic book film in my opinion. But they didn't yeah. make an origin I mean, story. Yes, they did. Hold they, on. Dan. See Deadpool become Deadpool. Hold on. I, I'll say this. I'll say to Nick's point, it's the equivalent if you're trying to say Iron Man 1 is an origin, Wonder Woman's an origin, or even Batman Begins is an origin. Um, it, it, it shows how that character became who they are now. So that's technically 
an origin film. But if you're saying like from them as like a kid into an adult, then that's a little different. But if you're talking about the natural, you know, definition of an origin film, it's how they became who they are now. And all right. those films did that. Um, now, some might be better than others. Uh, I'd say Deadpool, to me personally, is a little debatable. Um, not of it being an origin film, but of it being the best. I definitely don't agree with Kanan. Um, but I, I do think, I do think, and I'm going to pass it right back to you to, to defend yourself, Dane, but I do think those films that I just named are, by definition, origin films. But I do want to give it back to you to, to finish your statement, Dane. Well, to me, the character getting shown first in the movie, you can't pretend that Wolverine Origins didn't exist and he still was an assassin with superpowers back then. So, yes, the character mm-hmm. getting turned into the one that we know from the comic books, but that wasn't really the start of the character in the movie is what I'm saying. So, technically, I mean, oh. it is an origin story, but it's not really an origin story. Like 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 Iron Man, like Batman Begins, like Superman, uh, the Richard Donner movie. Like, those are origin stories. Like, they didn't really, okay, that so was kind saying, of a continuation of a story that was dragged on, but it wasn't really his origin, is all I'm trying to say. I, I just I disagree. I don't think it saying, was really a continuation. I think they just were like, we're going to start over. But, with, you know, tomato, tomale. <laughs> yeah, I, I, let, let me say this. Let me say this before we start to, to wrap the show. I get what Dane's saying, because you can't kind of just forget that <laughs> X-Men Origins happen you want to hey, the studio to did that ever existed <laughs> the studio definitely did for but sure what dane's trying to say is the same guy who played deadpool in x-men yeah. Origins is the same guy who played deadpool in deadpool so we can't pretend yeah. that that didn't happen and they even alluded to it in deadpool where he kind of brought up no. the whole you know you know uh time uh when he was doing uh as an assassin, his whole time as, as an assassin right. and everything like that. So yeah, we can't and I get that. I mean, I just, when, I say, when I say origin story, I just mean, like, where the character came from and okay. how they I became the person they are. And that's what we were saying, Juwan. Like, that yeah. that movie and that story is how he became Deadpool. So, like, to right, me, right. That, that, that defines an origin story, in my opinion. Yeah, but... Yeah, but also, I mean, they for, they deleted Election Origins with Wolverine with with that movie. Like, you can't forget right, because right. that whole fake Deadpool at the end of Action Origins Wolverine. Like, what happened to that? That just disappeared. He cut his head off. Yeah, right? like, that is that like, is very true. I mean, it's like, the timelines. It's the timelines. Yeah, they, they don't give a shit about timelines. They don't give a shit. They don't. <laughs> but I I don't want to wash away the 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 good point that Dane was making though is that there is a connective tissue based off sure. of the character himself sure. from the two films that you can't just kind of just go, ah, we don't want to. Even though we don't want to and we wish it never existed, it did exist. Um, you know, we can't completely wash that out. So, Dane, I, I did want to add, I do completely understand your point, but I completely also understand Nick's point also that that in itself was an origin film. Uh, in itself, but like I said, Kanan, I I really hate that this show can't be three hours because that's so much <laughs> of what you said that I want to dissect and disagree with. Um, but we we got to start to wrap up. Um, but I did want to mention one of the huge ones I disagreed with was him being the greatest villain in superhero history that we've ever seen. Um, I think he was the best actor. 
out of all the superhero uh, supervillains that we've had, but he's nowhere near the most accurate supervillain in a superhero uh, movie to date. He's not. I believe Tom Hiddleston is. Um, I believe there's a couple other actors that were more accurate to their comic counterpart than Heath was. But that's not that's not a knock against Heath. We know that uh, Christopher Nolan wanted a more relatable movie, and that's what we got out of that trilogy, a more relatable um, and more realistic uh, kind of Batman world. So that's not a knock against him, the most accurate supervillain. You know, I do not think he is in that conversation. The best actor, (laughs) absolutely. I mean, you can't knock what a phenomenal job he did. But I don't know if I'm ready to say he was more accurate than Tom Hiddleston or even what's his name, Vincent D'Onofrio is, is Kingpin. Those are really, Beast. really, um, you know, uh, and even uh, what's her name as Electra? Like those are really comic accurate. Or so I don't know if I'm ready to make Watchmen. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know good, if I'm yeah. ready to make. I don't know if I'm ready to make that statement. Is all I'm saying, mm-hmm. um, and You're I wish we had that. more time. Maybe we we'll, we'll get into it more in depth uh, next week. But I just wanted to say he is definitely not the most accurate. But that again is in no uh, you know that that that's not a strike against him at all. But guys, we've had a phenomenal show today. Um, Kanan, did you want to let our viewers know of? the interview that we have scheduled for Tuesday. It's plug time, guys. (laughs) Yes, we have uh, comic book artists for Marvel, IDW, and DC Comics, Jeffrey uh, Virage. uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Virgere. I'll have to get uh, the pronunciation correct, but uh, we'll have him on Tuesday uh, to talk about his career and kind of pick his brain and, you know, find out what makes him tick. Absolutely, and we are the best at making people tick. Um, Dane, would you like to plug? <laughs> would you like to plug your show? Yeah, starting with plugs. I hope uh, I, I love all of my members of this, but I hope they all, um, you know, wake up in a dream where they're, you know, roasting a volcano. Just wanted to say that. But I do have a show every <laughs> uh, Wednesday called Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, you guys should check it out. It's a lot of fun. Seven until nine. We talk about wrestling. And we got our TV show, uh, Geek TV, on Friday from 8 until 10, or 8 until sometime that we finish, you know, whenever that is. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, definitely listen whenever to Whenever we it. wrap. And I agree with Kanan that uh, Heath Ledger's Joker was the best uh, out of any of them. And, uh, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, we're definitely going to get into who's the best supervillain next week. That's definitely a topic. So make sure you tune in next week for that. But, Nick. Joel, I did not forget about you guys this week. Give your plug. Uh, well, we got uh, all right. Um, we got Full Court <laughs> Press coming back on Thursday, um, so be sure to tune into that, all you NBA fans out there. Um, uh, two more things. One, I also agree with Kanan, so that's at least three to two um, <laughs> on. I'm just saying, dude, Heath Ledger's performance is terrific, and I know it's not the most comic accurate, but, like, that, 
that performance and that villain is is just so good. Um, so yeah, right. I got to give it to him. Um, but uh, also, I did want to implore everybody go see Blade Runner twenty forty nine. It's amazing. I saw it. It's terrific. Go see that movie. It's you need to go see that movie. Um, even if you haven't seen the original Blade Runner, go see it because it is it is cinematic gold and it deserves to get money and I want to see Dune. I want to see Denny Villeneuve do Dune. So go go support that film. Yeah, well, Nick, yes. apparently people are more interested in that movie about Groundhog's Day that the lady keeps dying. But Yeah, whatever. bunch of, bunch uh, of fucking <laughs> idiots. <laughs> like, I'm just, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm just gonna go down. Oh. I don't care. Like, you, you, if you if you choose that movie over Blade Runner, then you just you, you don't you don't understand film. You don't appreciate it. Go see Blade Runner. Listen, listen, audience, go see Blade Runner before Nick just starts going on a rampage. But like I said, yeah, yeah. I was not arguing. I was not arguing who is the better supervillain. Just who was the most accurate. So we're kind of arguing. Well, that's a whole different, different conversation. That's yes. that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. That's the only argument I have. He was phenomenal in the role. Was not the most accurate supervillain. But guys, mm-hmm. this has been another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Stay tuned. Make sure you check out all of our shows. Also, our YouTube shows. We're halfway to a thousand on YouTube. So let's keep that piling up, guys. And we will see you next week, same time, same place. Wow. May the geek bye. bye. I'm gonna say Always. I'm gonna say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Peace out, bitches. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.